Father, I thank you for this granted time to get on here, that you receive all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Father, as we come together, you say when two or three are gathered, there you are in the midst. And Father, you also say, according to James 5, 16, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And you say you hear us before we even call. And Father, I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Father, for your characteristics. Thank you, Father, for us meditating, as many say, medicating on what you mean regarding every word that you have already spoken concerning us. We thank you, Father, that we're now waiting on you. We thank you, Father, that you are leading us. We thank you, Father, that we put the child's ways behind. We thank you, God, that we just continue to spiritually develop. Before there's a progress, there's a process. Before any end, there is a present. And before the present, there is a past. And we thank you, Father, before end, there is a beginning. We thank you, Father, before the beginning, it's before the foundation. And what does that even mean from your perspective? Before, before we even enter into our mother's womb, before you shaped and mold us, before the foundation. And what it means from your perspective is that you always have a vision. And when you see, you say, and when you say, you also see what you also saw before. And we thank you so much for that, Father, that favor, because everything about who you are, we are also the same. So during this time of process, due to progress, allow us to continue to know what are we actually progressing in? What areas are improving? What areas are there that need the improvement? And not even just that, but when it comes to it being finished, when it comes to, you know, we're getting up spiritually because Christ got up. But naturally, we did not, you know, bear anything on the cross in the flesh. Christ was sent here to do that. Knew no sin became sin that we'd be free from that. But when he died spiritually, we did too. But naturally, he was the one who went there and completed it all. And we thank you so much, Christ, for being our Lord and personal Savior. We thank you for the free invitation of just saying yes to your will, yes to your way. So hungry for just more of who we actually are originally. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for you being a spirit of truth. If I had to identify you and just sit there and describe who you are, nothing but spirit and truth, nothing but that alone. And I thank you so much for that. You're so faithful. Exactly like our God are the attributes of God's characteristics of the heart of God. You are who God say you are. We thank you, Holy Spirit. The evidence of speaking where we are originally from. Thank you so much. You show us that it's not behavioral based. You show us that it's grace based. Because even when we walk out of our true identity and follow other paths that's unlike God, you still within us telling us to go a different direction. Go back there. Don't say that. Don't do that. Don't speak that way. Correct that. Ask for forgiveness or forgive that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being so faithful, even when we are not paying you no attention. Thank you for every time you protected us outside of us even paying attention to how you kept us. And how God used you to spare us from walking in the wrong direction. Thank you so much for just being who you are. As you know, 
and the Trinity of our Father, our Son, and you, Holy Spirit. Thank you so much. So grateful. I notice, Father, according to John, and according to Matthew, and according to Luke, there are several encounters with Christ and the disciples. One is some could be specifically written more, and then there are one or some that could be just not as detailed. And those two that really stand out is when Christ multiplied the food and when Christ was resurrected. According to Matthew, Luke, and John, they all were there, but they all perceived it differently. The same goes when it comes to feeding the 5,000. According to John, according to Luke and Matthew, it's all described in a different way. Just like each translation in the Bible described differently. And King James, all he did, Father, as you know, that he just collaborated on the Geneva book and the great book before his version came out and collaborated and came up with basic instructions before leaving earth. So it's not about how the Bible came about. It's us focusing on why the Bible came about. And I thank you, Father, during this time of receiving more wealth spiritually, being rich, being drenched in your glory because of your grace that covers me, that covers us. I thank you for the level of maturity where we are today, so much further than we were yesterday, just by having a different frame of mind, a different frame of thought. Even the words that come out of our mouth, they are more rich, they are more powerful, more effective. And I'd rather have what is actually eternal than things that are subject to change. Thank you for us being rich spiritually before it manifests naturally in our lives. Everything that we receive from you is due to spirit and in truth type of encounter. And we thank you so much. We walk by faith and not by sight. In Christ, like you said to Thomas, bless all those who believe and have not seen. And the things that we do not see naturally are the things that are eternal, are eternal, supernatural. We would never try to put the natural on the super, but continue to have the super on the natural. It's so much favor taking place in my life and those who are connected to me. Getting phone calls about, you know, just being favored. You know, God just, you're moving so much. You're moving so much. You're moving so much. We don't ever have to catch up with you. You already finished it. And when it comes to before the foundation, you already had a vision before you spoke it into an existence. So you already saw me. You already saw the everlasting end regarding me, which is actually no end. Which is the best part that never, ever change. Thank you for having us to discover our true identity. It's not about how we look on the outside. Because we can dress that up. We can fancy it up. We can clothe ourselves so well. But the whole earth is yearning groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. And what is the manifestations? It's not the things that are similar. So it's not the things that are subject to change because they also have those things as well. It's the things that are different. They're looking for the difference. And now difference is you, Christ. That's our difference. The fruits of the spirit. There's no way that we're going to sit here and not gravitate and not meditate on what and what which each group of words even, you know, to be perceived and sound like on the inside, 
to resonate within, Father. Thank you so much for an opportunity for us to meditate on love. That's who you are. That's who we are. We are loving. It's not about being liked. We're not thinking about like because we walk in love. Love covers a multitude. Father, your presence is so powerful in this place. Just in a matter of seconds. So amazing. Nothing else will do. Nothing else can compare to what I'm receiving right now from you. Thank you so much. It's not about what happened that should have happened, that didn't happen, or wish that didn't happen, didn't encounter. I thank you, Father, that you saw me through it all. Regardless of whatever Satan tried to throw my way, he's the liar. He's a deceiver. He's the thief. He's the one who wants to kill to destroy. Not us. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But we take our authority and we declare and decree over the evil one. Continue to liberate with our words concerning the evil one. Speaking words of life and guidance concerning whatever he tried to throw our way. And I thank you so much for this encounter. Jesus, you are faithful at what you do. Holy Spirit, thank you for all that you do. During this time, thank you for praying with me. During this time, there are no more masks. There are no more masks. There are no more outside garments. There's no more outside makeup. There's no more outside of anything. Nothing swept under the rug because God is addressing it all. God want us to really know. God want us to really know his perspective regarding every word that he has to say concerning us. And not our perspective on what we think he meant regarding us. When we hear words like glory to glory, increase, everything is done first spiritually. And it manifests naturally. Never try to put the natural on super. It's always super on top of natural. That's what makes it so evident that our father is who we say he is. God always demonstrates what he does. 66 books talks about it. Plus more, because you are also a living word, a living testimony, a living witness. But what God is doing right now, what we're processing for, Proverbs 4.12, our progress will have no limit as great leaders are speaking as we come alongside with him. Never forget that part, as we come alongside with him. Notice who we are alongside of. Continue to remember that and remain that way. Because the thing about it is, it's not something to work on from the old man to the new man because the old man passed away. Christ didn't ever have to go back and forth due to what he bore on the cross for us. When he say finish, that's what he means. We got to learn how to just, that's it, done regarding anything. When it comes to worries, done. When it comes to a word from God, done. We don't have to go out here trying to persuade people. Well, God said this and God going to do this. Now it's good to testify, but we don't have to try to persuade or convince anybody long as that we receive because we believe what God has said. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. We have good news 
that eliminates talking about bad news. God is addressing everything right now because it's out in the open. No more manipulation. God said that is mandatory. That is mandatory for this final move. No more manipulation. No more sarcasm. No more passively being aggressive. No more taunting. No more betraying. No more backbiting. No more hidden agendas. No more secrets. It's all a form of lying. No matter who we get together with, if it's plotting, if it's scheming, if it's tricky, even if it's talking about something that somebody not engaged in a voice, you know, that's talking about it and a person not there who being talked about, that's gossip. That's tricky, treacherous. We can't do that. That's what the, that's what the whole earth is yearning for, for those who do not have Christ yet as their Lord and Savior. Looking for those who are persistent as being Christ-like. And that is us. Because it doesn't look right. It doesn't look right. Every speaker that we read about in the word, every prophet, apostle, no matter who it was, always address the Israelites. Always dress the members in the body. Because we got to remember who we are representing. Sometimes a promotion in the kingdom can be a demotion in the earth. But guess what? God's promotion is so much more. So much more. Everything of God is so much more. It's time to sit with God and really commune at the master's table. Sitting with Christ. A lot of times we don't want to ask God the things that we think that is, you know, what God is saying because we already know and perceive or can discern ahead of time that he may not agree with us. So to eliminate his disagreement, we're just not going to say anything. But the thing about it is that's how the enemy make a fool out of us. Because those who walk with Christ free indeed and who the son says free is free indeed. Hallelujah. God said, give some examples biblically. Okay. Uh, thinking about uh, in the beginning, when it came to Adam and Eve, that was Eve's first encounter with Satan. And due to me discovering a treasury in the word, God said, when you find a treasure, my word is yours to keep. That means hidden mysteries in the word. Because God can expand, you know, our vision regarding how we read and perceive so well. Take us on a journey as we read, basically. And that was Satan's first encounter with Eve. He encountered Eve before Adam never did. At that time, he never did. Satan waited till he walked away. And we all know the conversation between him and Eve. But he makes sure, this is what he does, that's why he's so slick, so tricky, so deceiving. Because he made it dressed up in a conversation so well that Eve do not expose him in the conversation. Instead, deceive him without mentioning Satan's name. We could be just like God. Same, equal, just like him. Whole time, you already are. 
Adam not once said, woman, where did these words come from? When Adam came back, Satan withered away. So as they bit into the fruit, God said, Adam, where are you? Came straight at Adam. Even though he knew before he formed Adam here, what would happen? And Adam began to blame Eve and try to hold her accountable. Well, it's the woman that you're giving me. It's her fault. It's her fault. But you know what? I hold myself accountable. I did eat. Out of all that he said, only thing God said to him was, who told you you was naked? Like, pretty much forget all of that. Who told you, Adam, you were naked? Here's the mystery. God wanted Adam to see what he was actually saying wasn't really true. Because you never had a discussion with Satan. Eve did. So who told you that, Adam? Who told you? Because I was there, say of God. She talked to Satan, not you. Not you. You never had a conversation with him. I formed her out of you. How dare you allow her to deceive you to disobey me? He's very tricky. Sometimes he will have us just to go off of one side of a story and not hear the story overall. Because Satan do not want to be exposed. Because if everybody sit down, even the times we thought about when we was in school, you know, peer mediators coming all of that. When it's always the hearsay, she say, he say, they say. It's just like speaking a word around in a circle and they always come back differently. Satan is not going to ever expose himself. That will mess up his own plan. He comes to steal. In order to be a thief, you have to be very slick. But he can't outslick a believer. He cannot steal or rob from a believer. You know what the angels had me to repeat last night in my sleep while they were standing over me? You have been redeemed. Therefore, you have already been restored. We got to be very careful. Not about the company that we keep, but the response due to the company that we are surrounded by. According to Matthew 14, scroll down to 17 through 19. Christ asked them to go to prepare some food for people. And it's two different versions of what Christ actually said. But overall, they went to go get some food. And then Christ said, hold on, come back. They're like, how are we going to get it? But the point I'm making is that Christ told Peter and the rest of the disciples, Nathaniel and them, Bartholomew and them, he told them, do not eat from the place that the Pharisees eat from. Don't get food from where they get their food from. 
nor the Sadducees. And they thought he was talking about a real live grocery store or a market back in that time. Okay, well, what stores do they shop at so he won't go? No, he was speaking spiritually. Don't eat from where they eat. Don't sit at a table off of hypocrisy. Don't look like you believe and on the inside you really don't. Because you got to look at it like this. We are in the body of Christ as a member of the body. Representing Christ. So what are our responses concerning that? Concerning life. Concerning our mental state. Emotional state. Financial state. Spiritual state. Physical state. Relational state. <laughs> There's no way a doctor can ever tell me any, any other news. Other than what Christ said. Because I'm not even opening myself up to even hear anything else. So that can never happen to me. So if we open ourselves up and we say, Christ, you are our healer by your stripes, we heal and still, you know, receiving that because we open up for it. There is no lukewarm. It's either hot or cold with God. There's no such thing as 80%. It's either zero or 100 he said, you cannot serve me and mammon. God is addressing everything. Things that we were doing for so long in the bloodline, you know, with the family, being distant, don't want to be around, saying we the victims. They treat me for, you know, like trash, treat me for granted, treat me like, you know, take me for granted. Even in our own homes, in our marriages, in our relationships, I've been with you for so long, I'm used to you, but at the same time, this is not what God is saying regarding, you know, a woman or a man. This is not how Christ treat me. You give me like 70% most of the time, but that extra 30% really matters a lot. But I'm used to it. I'm just going to stay right where I am. Because no one know me like you and I got so used to you. I'm not willing to go through that type of change. And many of us ask God without asking God. It's like we're playing around with it. It's like, God, I want this change, but God, I really don't. God, I want to possess that, but God, I really don't. I'm, I want to be like Christ, but I really don't. I don't want to go through being rejected. I don't want to go through that process. I don't want to go through, you know, because many people think that when we walk a life with God, that things become worse. And it's not being worse. It's just that we're stepping out of the old and into the new. So it's not going to be familiar due to the old man receiving an earthly reality way of living. But God's way is always better. It only seems worse when we're in our own way. When we don't want to try to change. When we're set in our own ways, wanting to be stubborn. We want to tell God what we want him to do. God is addressing all of it because no one should have anyone in mind or anyone in heart or anyone words of their name being spoken out of anybody's mouth. If it's not, ex you know, exalting them, exalting Christ, even when God says, how can we love those? If we don't love those, excuse me, that we see every day. How can we love him? 
And God said, without love, we don't have nothing. Every fruit of the spirit, it goes coincide with each other. There's love and joy. There's love and peace. There's love and patience. There's love and kindness. There's love and generosity. There's love and gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. There's also peace and love, peace and joy, peace and patience, peace and kindness. And it all goes together. We can't have patience without love. We can't have patience without self-control. And if we're not operating the fruits of the spirit, we operate in the opposite. If I'm not patient, then I must be impatient. Because the opposite always surrounds us because of what we already embraced. If I'm walking in love, then hatred, opportunities of hatred are going to be surrounding me. That's what the devil plan is, to get me out of love. If I'm patient, then he's going to try to provide opportunities for me to be anxious. But God already set up, you know, things to have it work itself out for our good. Because God's opportunities is set us up to prosper. That's why in the word it says... What the Satan means for evil, God means it for good. Every great messenger in the Bible was so influential. Why? Because they came alongside with God. They didn't hold grudges. They weren't malicious. They weren't being sarcastic. They weren't being gossipy. They, they were watching what they say out their mouth. As a new creature, we shouldn't be working on how to tame a tongue. Because we should already embrace the scripture and do some wisdom and knowledge which is actually a gift of the spirit. And that is to be slow to speak and quicker to hear. We have to know the gifts of the spirit as well. The wisdom and knowledge, the healing, the comfort from the comforter, the spirit of truth. You know, the working of miracles, prophecies, the discerning of spirits. You understand diverse tongues and tongues interpretation. And guess what? Everything that are eternal, all the things that are internal from God, spiritual and supernatural, don't cost a thing. And we benefit so much because of it. Isn't that amazing? God showed me the word deserve since yesterday. His perception of, his perspective of the word deserve is not behavior in a behavior sense. It's in the sense of grace. In the sense of his faithfulness. Did you think I was going to leave you guys like that? Disconnected from me? You thought I was going to leave you unholy? When I created you to be holy and presentable? Did you guys think I was going to leave you like that in a poverty mindset? Did you think I was going to leave you in Egypt? Did you actually think I was going to leave you in the wilderness? You know what's so amazing? Once Joshua led them out of the wilderness, for those who wasn't slaughtered because of their unbelief and the things that they'd done, I think it was about 10,000 who were, but I'm going to go back to that. But the point I'm making is, is that the men, you know, there was little boys at the time, you know, throughout those years, you know, the babies, they grew up to be grown men. They weren't, they, they didn't do any circumcision during a journey in the wilderness. So they had Joshua in them to circumcise all the men who wasn't during that time of the journey. Imagine that. Imagine that, because usually it's done when they're born. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so intentional. That means he does things on purpose <laughs> because he can. God took the weight off of our back. 
We don't have to try to make things happen. Looking around, see God, what's going on? Why this not happening for me? Let me tell you like this. A lot of us are very, very way past due regarding manifestation of a dream and a vision coming to pass from God. Because if we tamper with the vision, if we tamper with the dream by adding in, because in Revelation, he said, don't add in my word. Don't take away. His word is his word. And we are his living word. We are the plan of God. We are the destiny. <laughs> we are the purpose. If we tamper with that, he's going to take his hands off. And guess what? He's that patient and that faithful to start right where he left off every time. Now, imagine what that looked like. If we keep getting in the way throughout the years, he's going back and forth with his hands on and off regarding anything that we believe in him for. And when we do things that's not pleasing to our neighbor, it's not pleasing to him. We say all the time, God, I love you. Jesus, I love you. We fall to our knees and do all those things. And it's great to do. But the thing about it is the love that we feel is the love that he first loved us with. So what we do in return with that love is demonstrate that to other people. Not every other people, not when it's necessary to do so. And not doing it just to prove that we can, because he already knows what's in the heart. That's what he's dealing with, the heart. Why is your heart troubled concerning any matter? It's so easy. It's so simple to just say yes and follow and everything fall in place. Now, it wouldn't be as easy as I say it is if we had to do these things on our own. If we had to make sure that they came to pass, make sure that they got done. No, he already worked it out. He already prepared the way. He already, you understand, finished it. So all we got to do <laughs> is rewalk. And the reason why I say rewalk, even though naturally we never actually encountered because spiritually, we are the living word. And he saw it before he said it. And as he said it, he saw it. And said that it is good concerning his plan, you know, regarding us. And that's why God says, I do, I do things, excuse me, from the end down to the beginning. Hallelujah. <laughs> I had to make sure I was saying the correct. There's so much to be said. There's so much to be said. So many supernatural things are actually taking place. So many. God said, give another example. Okay. We got to be mindful what we do because it could come back to us. Whatever we do to others, it may come back. It may come back. And let me give you an example. Okay. The testimony of Isaac, Jacob, Rebecca, and Esau. And Rebecca and Jacob plotted against Isaac regarding Esau and the blood, you know, the birthright. But Esau had an encounter with Jacob, was like, I'll give it to you. I'm hungry for food. I'll just sell it to you. But according to Isaac, no, it has to be the eldest child. And when it was time to do so, Rebecca thought it'd be easy to deceive, you know, Isaac, because his eyes grew dim with his age, wasn't able to see as clear as he used to be able to see. So she thought it'd be a good idea to put some extra, you know, fur on his arms, make him feel, at least feel like Esau. If he can't see that, he's not him. You understand? And he got greatly deceived. And Rebecca and Jacob plotted because Rebecca thought that Jacob was a better fit. But guess what? That came back on Jacob. Now, here come his testimony regarding Laban 
Rachel, and Leah. Jacob was walking in town and ran into his relative, Rachel. She was going to, you know, attend to the, you know, the sheep and going to the well and do what she normally do. Ran into Jacob. He explained who he is, a relative of both of theirs. She led him to her father, Laban. And Laban said, okay, you can work for me. He worked for him for a matter of years. And then Laban said, okay, so you're my family. I'm not going to have you just work for me and I'm not give you anything. What do you want? I want Rachel. They had a party and everything, a whole celebration for him to receive Rachel. But that night, he lied down with Leah and he woke up noticing that it wasn't Rachel. And he went straight to Laban and he said to Laban, why did you deceive me? I told you I wanted Rachel. I never said I wanted Leah. He said, oh, you know, I know. But according to tradition and religion, you have to marry the eldest daughter. So he worked for him for another set of years to gain Rachel. But because of him plotting with his mother to deceive his father regarding his brother, it came back on him. Because Leah and her father plotted on him regarding Rachel. And even when it came to, you know, the birthright, you know, all the way down, the next set of twins from Jacob and Esau, due to his descendants, were Joseph's sons. And that was Ephraim and Manasseh. And Manasseh is the oldest. But Jacob thought that Ephraim would be a better fit because he saw himself. I was the better fit for my twin brother. So I'm going to anoint Ephraim instead of Manasseh. And Joseph pushed his father's hand back. No, you're going to anoint the eldest one. The eldest one is Manasseh. And right then and there, Joseph was ending a tradition, you know, generational. You know, because Jacob was coming to do the same thing to Joseph twins that he did to his brother. But Joseph put an end to it. No, you're not. You're going to do the right one. And he tried to touch, you know. Ephraim and Joseph, mm -mm, no, this one, dad. Don't act like you don't know them apart. <laughs> this one is Manasseh. And that have us to think in this season, what things that are generational that we need to let go of? I mean, it all falls down to, in a nutshell, to be honest, we are the new man. So what are we trying to work on to become better at? When God already worked it out, it's just us discovering what's been worked out. It's us discovering our true identity. It's us discovering how God thinks, how God perceives the words that he say for us to perceive in a way that he said it. That's what's going on. We discovering oneself, discovering who we really are, discovering what we really like to do, what we don't like. It's like things that we done, you know, a month ago that we don't even want to do anymore, period. Conversations we even carry, people we even be around. And the thing about it is, God will show us things regarding each other, but it's not to look down amongst each other. It's not to talk about each other. That's not loving at all. We got to know that God is with us. God is seeing us. He hears everything that we does. So let's be mindful of that. If we say we love him, this is how we show our love for him. By demonstrating him to other people. Because God is not about just talk. To him, that's lip service. Christ came to release demonstrations of power. 
It don't look right if Quenisha give a powerful message and look so holy, and yet Quenisha don't not tame her tongue, or Quenisha gossiping, or looking around to see what's going on in people's lives. A lot of times we try to touch fire, but eventually we're going to get burnt. We're going to find out things that we weren't even looking for. And let's not go through that because that's being nosy. That's snooping around. And that's still a form of trickery. There's no such thing as serving God and being under Satan's influence. It's either under God's or under Satan's. There is no 50-50. Simple as that. So we have to really meditate. And as we say, medicate on what it is to actually be a new creature. It's not me working up or becoming better from the old man to the new or washing the old man up. No. The old man is dead. We died to that. Like Paul said, the life that I now live, nevertheless, not I, but Christ who lived within me. Here's another. God giving me a lot of, okay, another testimony in the word. God is so intentional. He likes when we call him intentional because he, he can do whatever he wants. And he know he can. You know you can. I love that you can. But you teaching us how to develop and knowing what to ask and knowing how to ask. I'm not asking from a place of a lack of faith. I'm asking from a place of knowing that I am seated. I'm not fasting for something that I already have a right to. If I give up food, it's for developing spiritually to become better at knowing who I really am or knowing who you really are or knowing how to be. You know, a citizen of the kingdom, being aware of that, that knowledge. I love wisdom. Wisdom is showing me so much how rich it really is. My God, go to one nation and just shut it down with the power of God in a very respectful way. Hallelujah. I really believe when Peter says silver and gold, I have not. It doesn't mean he cannot get God. It's just me. I have something more than that. Because once that money gone, you're going to want more. What I have going to have, your money keep flowing. It's going to give you a supply that never run dry. You understand? Like Christ at the well with the good Samaritan woman. You know, that's powerful. That's so powerful. You come in to draw water. You said, I am water. God. Even the woman, Mary, we say Mary Magdalene, Mary from Megala, you know, more detailed about her testimony. They usually stone. So they grabbing the stones and you know, when somebody about to stone or, you know, jump you or do something to hurt you, you know, you brace yourself. I'm sure she braced herself. She balled up. And then Christ approaching, she didn't see him coming up. He, I mean, you know, she probably heard him say, you know, any of you be without sin, cast the first stone. But she still had her head down because Christ tapped her, lifted her up and said, where are your accusers? So you were still in a downward position. Where are your accusers? She didn't see no stones around. Like, did they miss any? I mean, did they throw one at my head and one went past my head? There were no stones. There were no accusers. She's like, wow, it's just you. <laughs> like, who are you? And some people, when Christ say, don't, you know, don't, he didn't want to be exalted. It wasn't his time yet. And he would just be like, you know, he had just leave real quickly. Like the man that he healed, you understand, that wasn't able to walk. 
or was it C? Which one, Christ? C? Okay. And it's so amazing. Both? Okay. <laughs> one, it was, yeah, both of, okay, got it. Both two in different encounters. But one of them went inside the synagogue and it was so amazing. And Christ said, don't say, you know, I did anything. That's the first thing he said. The man right here. And Christ, you know, walked off on him. Because it's like the man looked like, hold on, he was just here. It wasn't yet his time. He told him not to say anything. But you know what? That joy, you know, it's just like he had to testify. He had to testify. Hallelujah. Seriously. God is showing us the difference when he speaks to us, you know, symbolically or he's speaking to us prophetically directly even when it comes to the word of God like revelations many people don't understand it especially when it comes to the scripts and scrolls those are visions those are dreams encounters supernaturally even Ezekiel that was a dream that was a vision sometimes God give us a vision or a dream or sometimes give us a vision in a dream doesn't matter but that was symbolically speaking to Ezekiel Hallelujah. He didn't have him to literally walk in a valley and there were bones everywhere because the proper burial back then was inside of a tomb or they would sacrifice and burn you up. They wouldn't just throw all the bones in the alley and then they begin to rattle. That was definitely a vision. And that's why God said, do you think these dry bones can live? Of course they can. That was a vision. Just like God gave a vision to John out of the Patmos. And that was a powerful vision of the seven scrolls and seven seals, which was the seven churches. And, you know, how Satan came up the water like two heads of a dragon. It's like, hold up. That, that's how it lost me because it had to be addressed. Like, is this symbolically due to a vision? Or is this actually happening? Like, he actually saw this. Because I ain't never seen nothing like this. This can really be seen. It was a vision, you know, that God has given him. So amazing. How God speaks to us in visions, whether we sleep or awake. I noticed that God throughout my life would call me into a sudden sleep. And it felt like I've been asleep for hours. It's been just, just minutes. Or I could just, you know, close my eyes and doze off and just go into different realms of sleep. And it hits that deep sleep to the point. I, the deeper it is, the more we are more receptive. Because our minds are at ease. Our hearts, our spirits, our souls are at ease. Because a lot of times God give us these things while we're sleeping because... You know, to be honest, we're in the way. We're in the way. Our, our mind's too cluttered to receive, you know, a symbolic vision sometimes, especially if we are awake. That's why I do it a lot when we are asleep. And I used to be so pressed to go to bed. Okay, it's time to see something else, God. You'd <laughs> be so pressed to go to bed. And there are times when God would take me to the pit. There are so many rounds to the pit. So many. And to be honest, I still don't like them. I still do not like it. I do not like encountering demonic forces, but it's a part of my anointing. So I must, you know, just accept it. I don't want to be like, God, I don't like this. You know, I take that back. Forgive me. Yeah. Allow me to just continue to discover, you know, the significance of seeing like this. You understand? Seeing, you know, heavenly realms, demonic realms while I'm on this earthly realm, you know? And that's where both worlds meet in the earthly realm, you know, and I just thank God for it. But during this time, God keeps saying, give examples, give examples. Okay, God. Okay. 
He likes to, he likes when we talk about he's intentional. God's intentional. <laughs> he's in, he do things on purpose. You understand? On purpose. Because of purpose. God knows exactly the hour to have things that we desire to come right into our lives. God showed me a ram in a bush. I love when he showed me that. At first, I didn't understand that. And two, I, you know, I Googled it, listened to the word. What does that actually mean? It means that God is about to place something in your path for you to discover what you need to continue on your journey with him. It's necessary. It's a necessity for the journey for where you are right now. And today, the ram with the bush was that, you know, a sister in Christ works at my son's school. She's like, oh, I got him. Oh, he's going to be good. I'm like, oh, thank you. Whatever school he go to, somebody's always there. <laughs> I had somebody to call me and was like, I see your son outside, you know. I said, yeah, he waiting on his dad. It was like, oh, I'm going to stand right here and wait, you know, keep an eye on him until, you know, he, you know, he leave with him. But he good, you know, he's standing there and everything. I'm going to watch. I'm like, wow. <laughs> my son has watched me. <laughs> you know, God places people in our lives to be a blessing. I was like, God, you can show me how many rams you want to show me. Just keep the rams coming. My God, Jesus. I love it, Father. I love your grace. I love it. He love when we say we love. Okay, God, he said, give back to me. <laughs> okay, you want to be funny. <laughs> okay. God is filled with so much, you know, laughter. His jokes, you know, are not malicious. Of course, we know that. God don't speak metaphorically. God don't speak sarcastically because that's a cover-up. When we be sarcastic, that's just a coward way or just a... That's just a way of just saying, I cannot express myself, so I'm going to do it with laughter, you know? And most of the time, it's not funny. It's even, you know, harsh. And even when it comes to metaphorically speaking, it's not always the correct way of thinking to even speak that way. Hallelujah. I had to tell my son, teacher today, please do not give him no assessment, speak in metaphors, because my child is the one to believe it for what it really is. Don't say it's raining cats and dogs outside. I know that was a metaphor for back in your day. It wasn't in mine, but it won't be in his. Hallelujah. And I just thank God that was a very successful meeting that some people think they can just say whatever they want regarding whoever. And I thank God for words of wisdom that it lift all of us up and no one felt left down or torn down. I just let them know when it comes to my child, the floor is on me first because no one knows my son David more than I do. You know, so let me tell you, let me introduce you to my son, David. You know, what goes on in our home, in our lives, in our, you know, due to our personal affairs. Let me even bring you up to date as to me as a mother and what I do and what I've been doing. So we collaborate, you know, different ideas and set goals to better him, you know, far as his future, far as his present even, you know. And they look at me all the time and be like, you filled with so much wisdom because it comes from God, not with age. We got to stop thinking that. Oh, you old. Oh, we expect you to have wisdom. The thing is, you can be three years old with wisdom. It's embracing God. You understand? Embracing God is embracing wisdom and knowledge. There's no way we can have God and not have who God is, what he do, how he thinks. And I'm so glad I seek him first because I was like, God, I said, I want you first. I, you know, I mean, you know, I got to one point in my life. I was like, you know, things starting to look good, God. <laughs> and God said, but you didn't ask for the things first. You asked for me. Wise decision, Quinesha. Wise decision. 
Because you have before you have. I was like, yeah, Father. Let me have them both right now. But I said, nevertheless, let me continue to learn what you want me to learn right now. Let me continue to learn what you want me to learn right now. It's like God, whatever you want, whatever you want. When we walk like God, he don't have to tell us what we need to correct because we already feel in our spirit. There's no way we can walk alongside with God and do things that's not of God and not know it. Because we know what it's like to do things that's not godly. Hallelujah. We just continue to go along with it. But Satan don't come to steal and kill and destroy us only. He come to try to take down the entire empire. And we got to be careful, guys, because guess what? It don't affect just us. It affect everybody we care about. And that's everybody here, period. God had me to go live and just talk about, you know, actually repent for the things that I have done. Because guess what? I was out of position, even though you guys were still doing, you know, life and still doing what you do. You know, thought about me probably every once in a blue moon. But the thing is, we are linked up. We are connected. We are connected. And I didn't do my part during that time that you guys were in position. Because I was doing other things. And I asked everybody here and that was ever here, period. Even the kingdom, forgive me. I'm not going to ever walk here and just do things that's not Christ-like and think it's okay. That's why I always win. That's why I always stand. That's why I always prosper. That's why I always remain on top of a thing. Because he's before me. It took some learning to get to this point, but guess what? I'm here. I'm not going to forget this port. I mean, this portion, excuse me, this part of my life. A lot of times we go from the past and skip to the future. Okay, God, thank you for what you've done for us. Okay, now it's time to receive what you have for us. Father, I thank you for where you brought me from. I thank you for where I am now. This development, you know, stage I'm at now, advancing now. Things are enhancing in my life now. Increasing in my life now. Thank you for the now. And thank you for how it's prepared me for the later. And you want to take it up higher. You can live in your later, your later right now. <laughs> to be honest. Because you have before you have. You see before you see. You know before you know. And God can show you so many. Or show me so many visions and dreams. Regarding what he already said. But it must come from a place of. You know affirmation and not trying to keep trying to receive confirmation you know can't come from a place of doubt father i need you to tell me again because it doesn't look like it it don't sound like it we only need to hear god say something one time christ only had to get up once only had to die once be crucified once had that supper only once and he said to the disciples as he washed their feet you know, you know, Peter, you know, he, you know, more bolder than the others, you know, more expressive, you know, wash my hands, my feet and my head, you know, and everything. And Christ said, no, the feet, you know, as well. And first he was saying, you know, no, you would never wash my feet. I should be washing yours. If I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. You have no part with me. He said, if I washed your feet and I'm your Messiah, I'm your Lord. I came here from the kingdom on your behalf and I washed your feet. How much more are you here to wash each other's feet? 
A poverty mindset is not thinking about natural money, nor a bank account, nor a checkbook. Having a, a free from poverty mindset is to know that you can have whatsoever you say, because you won't just be saying anything. You're going to say what he already said concerning you, concerning me. We can't have the scripture work for it, you know, work it out, you know, around us. It works itself out for our good concerning us. We can't tiptoe around it. For an example, we always give the beginning of a verse, but don't go along with the end of the verse. Sometimes it's a but. You understand? It gets better after the but. Or is this a, you know, a warning after the, you know, but don't do that. You understand? God must have knew that during the time that he said rejoice, that we were going to feel like we didn't want to rejoice because he said, again, I say rejoice. It's so amazing how he said, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Wow. Look at the end of that. Okay. Count it all joy. I got that. When you fall into diverse temptation, that means when it's, the trouble is around and we are aware that it's around, count it all joy because faith work is patience. And if patience have its perfect work, we're blessing entirely wanting nothing. Count it all joy when opposition is present. Count it all joy when hardship and persecution is present. Because that's working your faith and your faith work of patience. That's why Paul said, throughout every trial and tribulation, I give praise, I rejoice. Because I already know the outcome. The outcome is a reward. And God said, give a quick, you know, testimony of, you know, him being intentional. What I posted did already. Okay. Thank you, Father. Before I get off of here. <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> You never forget. <laughs> yeah, I forgot, God. <laughs> okay. To give you an example in the word, how God is so intentional. The story of Paul and Barnabas. You know, they went on a missionary trip, you know, regarding Antioch and all of that. Mark, you know, which they call, you know, John, you know, John Mark, might call him Mark for, you know, a nickname. He ditched out. He didn't show up. When they were doing a missionary, you know, trip. And that's like if we go somewhere and somebody doing a missionary trip with us or ministering with us and they don't show up. Even if we're singing, what if the sound crew don't show up? Even if we're giving a word, you know, the mic don't, you know, work. But the thing is, you got to continue to do it. You know, you can't just not do it. You can't have no excuses as to how it cannot get done. You know, the devil gets no, no, no attention regarding God. He received all the glory. And what happened was it was a next missionary trip. And Paul was like, it's not a good deal, not a good, you know, idea to bring, you know, John Mark with us this time because he ditched out the last missionary trip. And Barnabas thought it'd be okay, give him a second chance, you know, he won't do it again. And I can see John Mark now, like, yeah, I won't do it again. <laughs> you know, somebody pleading for us, you know, we're gonna agree with them if we want to do it, right? Like, I won't do that no more, you know. But let me tell you how intentional God is regarding that testimony. God said, Paul, bring Silas instead. Paul said, I take Silas. And you know, Barnabas, you take, you know, John Mark with you. Because God knew the mission that Paul and Silas had before them that they didn't even know. And it caused them to be beaten and jailed. You know, and they, and they studied crying out. They called on God, begin to worship and praise. And God loosed them. And it's so amazing. The guard says, you know, are you guys here? And Paul yelled out, we are all here. It was other inmates there. And I know if you have an opportunity to escape, you're going to try to escape. But I can imagine 
how Paul was like, "Uh uh-uh, no one going anywhere. Salvation is involved. I'm on a mission. Stay here. He said, we are all here. Not me and Silas is just here. We are all here. But the show I got is so intentional is that God knew that the missionary trip would be much more persecution than the last one. So if John Mark ditched out on the last one, which was less persecution, how much more would he ditch out on this trip right here? It's so much bigger than us. You know, that God wiped their wounds after he given his life over to God because of it. You know, because of God's goodness. You guys had the opportunity to kill me, to leave and all of that. But you stayed. I want a part of this God right here. You understand? So God is that intentional. No, John Mark, you can't come to this mission trip. Not yet. We're going, we, you could come, but not this time. Pretty much another time. We have to be spiritually developed to go anywhere. Just like when I was in this, you know, town that's big on voodoo, the people that hosted me there did not tell me that I was going to a town filled with voodoo because they thought I was going to leave and, you know, ditch out on them. But the thing about it is, I was a little upset, to be honest, because you didn't give me an opportunity to make a decision to seek God whether I should go or not. You just brought me along the way. And it's so amazing that once I got there, you know, that that spirit of boldness that David had to approach Goliath came upon me. I opened the car door and I walked towards all of their door fronts in the middle of the pathway. And the people that was in the car with me that was, you know, responsible for bringing me there didn't even get out the car. They just stayed there like, oh, my God, she she got no come back, come back. Oh, gosh, she go. Wow, she's out there. But guess what? It brought forth great change. And they still asking to this moment, when are you coming back? And I'm going to tell you how fast news travel. That was the east part of this nation. They're asking me to come to the west part. We heard about you in the east part of this nation. Can you come to the west? Can you give this word in Congo? Can you give this word in Muyahi? Can you show these miracles in Kakamega, Eldoret, Kasumu? Bogama Town, Namansara, can you? Surleon? Because we heard the testimonies of what God done to you. Can you come and do it for our town too? People talk when they receive from God, just like we do. Just like we do. So during this time, before I get off of here, enjoy the spiritual development. What is it on the inside that need to be worked, you know, uplifted so it can show that God has already worked it out regarding any area of our lives because he already have. We always win, but there are some things that we could carry around, but we can't go but so far in ministry because it's going to be seen. It's going to evidently be seen when we go around people. Even if we don't want it to be seen, they're going to acknowledge it. You know why? Because they had those same things on the inside of them that they need us to help them with how we got it out of us. But how can I go to somebody about a mouth or about taming a marriage or anything like that when I'm going through something that I didn't even allow God to uproot myself? You understand? That's why people come to me about their merge now, because guess what? They see what I've been through due to honesty. But when God give a message, we got to know through the messenger how God is talking to us. Because some of us could be on a job and walked off and some of us could be called off. And a messenger could say, go back. So you got to know where God is talking to you because the messenger is speaking overall because God meeting everybody where they are. 
Hallelujah. It's so much to say, but this is my time for now. Continue to soak in God's presence. I love you so much. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. I love you.